You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. We bring you all of the irreverence modern politics deserves while putting people before political parties. We examine current events from a libertarian perspective with the goal of leaving you better informed. Please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and subscribe on Patreon at wearelibertarians.com. In exchange for supporting our program, we give you all kinds of bonus content and free stuff. Just uh, moments ago, we ended a bonus episode on the history of anarchism in our series called Defined. So you can get that right now, $5 a month or up. You get to participate in the live streams and in the chat room if you're a $10 a month or up. Uh, We have an exclusive Facebook group for those folks, so check it out at wearelibertarians.com. This show is crowdsourced, so you can send us news with the hashtag WALnews or on our Facebook group or Discord channel. We're always taking your questions and comments via email at editor at wearelibertarians.com. I read everyone. I don't get a chance to respond uh, you know, more than monthly, but I do read all of your emails, and then we uh, put those in a uh, listener question show. Please be warned that this show is raw, unedited, and authentic, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. With me, uh, the reason it'll be offensive tonight is the great, the legendary Tad Western. Welcome, Tad. Thank you. Thank you for having me on tonight. Yeah, I'm glad. Everybody else must have been uh, busy. No, if we're talking talking Trump, I want to have the old Tadster here. Oh, am I the Trump expert? The go-to? What would my title be if we were... Oh, we are on TV. What's my projected title right now? Well, uh, Tad Western, Trump... uh, Trump Wrangler. Oh, Trump Wrangler. There we go. Yeah, I like the, that. That other voice laughing you hear is Matt Whitliff. Matt, how are you? I'm doing well. It's it's amazing to meet Tad Western in person. You've never met the old Tadster. I don't think we've ever met no. before right, 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, you got a nice... Uh, Tad has a nice shirt on. It's got palm trees. It's a linen shirt. Looks like he just came off the bar over at uh, Cheeseburger in Paradise. You know what? I wish <laughs> I would have stopped by uh, and got some Jimmy Buffett beer, but some... What is that? Land Shark? Uh, well, uh, yeah. But yeah, I've been or drinking a margarita, a maybe. Yeah, a margarita actually sounds good. Well, Tad, you lo- you watch every one of his uh, his speeches. His Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett? Yeah, uh, Trump's rallies. <laughs> Matt's on it. Yeah. Look at Matt. Trump's rallies are basically just 45-minute stand-up comedy routines. He's doing crowd work. He's oh, Look I- at the media back there. Oh, he's got his go-to. Look at the... I, I mean, that's where he comes up with the fake news, lying. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's great. It's, it is... It, it is like a stand-up show. Look at this. Uh, oh, th- see, they want me to read this on the teleprompter, but let's get it out of here. <laughs> yeah, the best is when he has the protesters and he's like, "Go home to mom. <laughs> Your mom's voting for Trump." You know, <laughs> just go back and watch some of the rally highlights. Just do yourself a favor. Even if you hate Trump, watch the rallies on YouTube. I like yeah, it's, it's subscriber he is an entertainer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he knows what. Yeah, he's. We have quite the show for you uh, planned uh, tonight. We are going to talk all about the Russia stuff that is happening. Uh, I've got clips prepared. I've got articles prepared. I've got opinions. Uh, I know they have opinions, so we're ready to go. We we'll, Let's just jump into it. Uh, we have a lot to talk about because I've gotten uh, very few times. I don't, know, uh, this, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but I think by the nature of what I do and the podcast that I have... I get messages from people all the time going, hey, 
what should my opinion be on this? What's <laughs> it's not even that. It's like what incarnation is happening? I, I just break this down for me in a very quick way. Uh, and so th- the highlights of what's going on is that on Friday, the Mueller investigation released uh, an indictment on twelve Russian uh, intelligence officials right as Trump was about to meet Putin. Uh, and so the timing is suspect, which we'll get into. Yeah, well, <laughs> they 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 cleared it with Trump earlier in the week. Did they? Right. Yeah, yeah. He, they met on like Monday or so, or at least Rosenstein, I believe. It gave him know. a heads up. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. He yeah. knew it was coming. Uh-huh. And I'm sure it was totally innocent. Uh, and so... <laughs> <laughs> nothing political. <laughs> Not at all. And uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, then Trump goes and meets Putin. Like, they've met in person a couple times and in passing, but they've not had, like, a sit-down conversation, so they met for a couple hours. You know, like, Trump's meeting with these Supreme Court nominees for, like, 20 minutes, but Putin, he gives him a couple hours, a uh, two-, two-, three-hour conversation. It's just Trump and Putin. Same with Kim Jong-un. It's just the two of them with their translators in a room. Can't imagine how quickly debriefed those translators are um, on both sides. <laughs> And, uh, How do you translate huge in Russian? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so then they come out for a press conference, and uh, it goes pretty well. And this is – so Putin says some things. If you want to hear the whole press conference, we have a podcast feed called Raw Audio Politics. And I put in this entire press conference, today's press conference, yesterday's press conference – the Putin interview with Chris Wallace and the Trump interview with Tucker Carlson. So you can hear all the first sources. You can go and read all of the articles that I read in prepping for the show at wearelibertarians.com or sign up for our email newsletter where I send you the the links, the show prep via email after every episode. So you can see all the different opinions and pieces and articles and everything. I show my work basically. Uh, but there's just one link at the bottom that says Wikipedia. <laughs> just one link of the, the. Don't make fun of the last Chris show that Spangles. we just did. Um, it just, just it's one link. It's my photo, and it says ChrisPengel.com. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. I am dear leader. I am dear leader. So the two of them, uh, Putin makes Trump wait for an hour. Yeah, that was pretty boss. <laughs> he, apparently, yeah, he apparently does this all the time. Yeah, he did what Trump did to the Queen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. So they they have this press conference. Uh, Trump, uh, Putin says some stuff. Trump says some stuff, and then Trump says some more stuff. And then he says, "I didn't say that." And then he says, "No, I did say that." And then it's all a mess. And that's kind of where we're at. Uh, so, but I want to kind of go in linear fashion. Uh, we're going to get into the details of all of this. So let's start with the actual indictment that got dropped the other day. Now, uh, I, I chose to so, – so I've taken the, the different pieces of this, and what I always try to do when I'm putting together one of these research shows on, on a current event like this that everybody's talking about, and I want to bring you all of the information of what's going on. And so what I try to do is I try to go to a bunch of different news sites and find the different opinions on what happened, all the different news, because you would be surprised that if you go to the Washington Post every day – and then you go to Vox and National Review and Reason. They all say something completely different than what the Washington Post says. <laughs> and then they say something different from each other. So there's always a bunch of different opinions. And that's why I think uh, what we try to do is give you uh, what's going on in the news from an objective point of view and give you our opinion on it, uh, as well as arming you with a bunch of links that you can go and research for yourself. 
and uh, so what what the best breakdown of the charges and what actually happened was on the intercept which isn't a surprise intercept is left libertarianish uh it's basically run by Glenn Greenwald who was involved in all the Snowden stuff uh very trustworthy source when it comes to fighting the security state I think he's a russian agent though that yeah, that's what a Isn't lot of people Snowden say still there but Fake news. He, uh, he apparently just met Snowden. Throw it out. And so the uh, the guy named Michael Lee on the intercept.com on the 18th wrote, what we learned about Russian and U.S. spycraft from the in- Mueller's indictment of hackers. Um, so they basically break down what this indictment was was a full breakdown of the hacking of the DNC emails, who did it, how it happened, and all that. So there's a ton of conspiracy theories going around. Uh, and so why I think this was so informative to me is that you see articles from like the New York Post basically saying, you know, there's this group of ex-intelligence agents who are all saying that they're the ones who hacked in or that they have it on, uh, you know, there was a a guy with the last name of Murray who was going around basically Bill? saying Bill Murray uh, or maybe one of his I brothers believe it. maybe one of his brothers Denny uh, Dennis Murray uh, so who was basically saying you know he talked to Snowden or he talked to Assange and it wasn't the the Russians and blah 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 but uh, the intercept basically has accepted the premise that it was the Russians and the indictment if you read it is a narrative account of how they broke into it and hacked it and it's very Detailed, And what I like about this article is that they give you the details and then also fill it in with other details. And you walk away going, okay, the Russians did it. (laughs) Because I was pretty skeptical. I mean, even sitting down, like, because I don't know. I'm not a security expert. I'm not either. But I can tell you, if it's coming out of Bob Mueller's mouth, it's a lie. (laughs) That's right, Dad. (laughs) And I've got the alternate facts over here. So, uh, So the Intercept writes... Uh, the indictment says that the organization DC Leaks, uh, which we had talked about previously, yeah, DC they had been registered. Yeah, yeah, DC Leaks basically was along with WikiLeaks, where you were getting a lot of the emails, and that was yep. the origin of PizzaGate. Uh, now you went to Washington DC. Uh, now I heard you went to Comet Ping Pong. I have never been in the basement of Comet Ping Pong. Uh, well, I'm not saying you were a participant. I heard you were investigating. <laughs> no, I have uh, never. I've never stepped foot in DC. Okay, inside the Beltway. As the see, locals say. See, Matt, this he, is he what... would do that or wouldn't do that? No, see, Tad is a great... Actually, it was my hard drive that got shot when that guy went to uh, <laughs> shoot the pizza place up. And just a some a random hard drive got a bullet through it. Now, Tad would Tad is uh, obviously a foreign power agent, uh, and he would never That's tell. Right. Um, so Sovereign state of Tad. <laughs> so DC Leaks at the time claimed that they were started by a group of American hacktivists and the persona Guccifer 2.0, uh, who claimed to be Ro- Romanian, a lone hacker. Uh, they're both controlled by r- named Russian intelligence officers, and they basically, in this indictment, Name the intelligence officers. Yeah, they're all named. And and I'll explain how they got there in a, in a moment. So the Russian officers took steps to anonymize their hacking and infrastructure, according to the indictment, trying to leave no trace of their identity as they rented servers, registered internet domains, and set up accounts for email, Twitter, and other users. But they didn't do the best job compartmentalizing this infrastructure. This allowed Mueller's team to confirm that the people 
were behind a number of ostensibly distinct operations. DC leaks, Guccifer 2.0, the spear phishing campaign, and the hacks of the DCC and DNC networks. For example, the spear phishing emails that John Podesta, Clinton's campaign chair, and others received included links to the URL shortening service Bitly. This Bitly account was created and, with, uh, and it was registered using the email address durbanasabal at mail.com. The attackers that used the same email address uh, used it to create pretty much everything, including an online uh, registering for an online uh, crypto service, which they think is BitPay. Uh, yeah, that's how they paid for the website. Yeah, the same cryptocurrency account was used to pay for registering the domains to DC leaks. So what's mentioned, what isn't mentioned in the indictment is that on one occasion, someone reportedly logged into the Guccifer 2 uh, Twitter account without connecting to a VPN VPN. first, Mm -hmm. revealing their real IP address. Working off the IP address, the Daily Beast states, U.S. investigators identified Guccifer 2.0 as a particular GRU, see, X used to be the KGB, KGB, officer working out of the agency's headquarters and Grizz... Grizadobovi Street in Moscow. So a VPN is basically a virtual private network that kind of it's hard to trace. It's it's like an uh, anonymized IP address. It's like spoofing your phone number for IP addresses. Right. So um, to take over the first DCC network and then the DNC network, the GRU hackers, according to the indictment, used a spear phishing email which tricked the recipient into entering their password on a malicious site. They then used the victim's credentials to access the DCC's internal network and installed custom malware called XAgent on at least 10 DCCC computers, according to the indictment. Soon thereafter, as the indictment states, the hackers pivoted to DNC networks, the DNC's network. From one of the DCCC computers, the Russian hackers allegedly activated ex-agents' keylog and screenshot functions to steal credentials of a DCCC employee who was authorized to access the, on the DNC network. Armed with those credentials, they were able to access approximately 33 DNC computers. Um, once on the DNC network, they compromised the DNC's Microsoft Exchange server, gaining access to thousands of emails. After someone hacks a computer and installs spyware, the attacker then sends commands to the spyware to send back to them. This is typically done by connecting a computer known as a command and controller, a C2 server. After, According to the indictment, the computer that the Russians leased to act as ex-agent C2's server, it was located in Arizona, uh, and it was basically it was to issue commands to specific hack computers to log keystrokes and take screenshots. Uh, in the midst of the hack, the DNC discovered what was going on, hired uh, CrowdStrike, which is hired by the Republicans, too. People are saying, oh, it's a DNC conspiracy. No, they're, they're, they work with everybody. They're of the Green Party. If your money's green, they'll work with you. But <laughs> the founder is former FBI. Okay. And the DNC did not hire... Well, the timeline's a little iffy, but... Mm. The uh, lawyer for uh, Sussman was okay. the DNC's lawyer, Hillary's Clinton lawyer. Right. All of, he hired CrowdStrike before they never went to the FBI. They didn't go to the police. They didn't go anywhere. Right. He immediately, once they 
the hackers have been in for months, six months, I believe right. is what it was. And it, there's multiple hackers. It wasn't just one. But he, uh, there's actually a book that you can read. It's called How the Democrats Lost and the, the Republicans Won. Right. But all this is documented in it, too. All this, all this isn't new. Yeah, that's the thing about all yeah, of no, this. But, yeah, no, this isn't it, new at all. <laughs> it's all completely been known. Yeah. But the timeline is, I mean, it, it's it's good to know and get out there. Well, I think the thing that uh, that validates a lot of this information that we've all kind of known is that it is backed by the power of subpoena. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you're subpoenaing. You're, there's no Americans. They're never going to show up, so there's well, not going to be... Here's you're my innocent until proven guilty, and there's never going to be... They're not going to show up, so there's no discovery. So Yeah, so what I'm saying is they're subpoenaing BitPay, the server companies, Facebook, Twitter... And so they're working directly with these companies. And yeah, as, I mean, there's a lot yeah, of detail billing. in the in the indictment, yeah. right? Like exact n- amount of Bitcoin that was transferred right. to this particular. It doesn't give you the account number, but a particular account, and it was yeah. But you know, this happened between four fifteen and four fifty two, or no, or whatever. Literally, right? this is the next paragraph. The fact that the U.S. government had access to the keystrokes and screenshots collected by the C2 server, and even knew at what point in time the GRU agents deleted the activity logs and login history from the server leads me to believe that the hosting provider likely started to cooperate with the investigation including possibly sharing snapshots of the hard drive connected to the yeah, c2 the, server sure. they were out of what belgium i believe or something uh like this is the uh, i think they're talking about the arizona server company oh the arizona yeah, yeah i know they had another server in like belgium i believe yeah and they had one in chicago i think as well yeah. Uh, it also appears the hackers were unaware that the DNC was on to them until after CrowdStrike published their findings. They appeared to have deleted logs from their C2 servers after UN, U, uh, U.S. investigators already had access to it. In addition to leasing a server in Arizona, the Russians also allegedly leased a server, a separate server in Illinois where they installed malware. Um, so, so clearly they... Uh, they were on to them before the hackers knew. And then one thing that stood out to this guy is that he's reading the indictment and how many times the document mentioned exactly what one of the defendants, GRU Cyber Operations, Ivan, your your mama kebab, <laughs> was, <laughs> was researching on the internet and when. Uh, and then they go on to list some of this stuff. How could the U.S. investigators have access to this information? Two explanations come to mind. The most likely is the NSA compromised your your mom's computer and regularly logged his keystrokes or accessed his browser browser history. Another example would be that your your Yermakov used Google while logged into an account to do these searches, and the investigators learned his search history from Google. I find the latter to be less convincing because the search engine Yandex is much more popular in Russia, and GRU officers are not stupid enough to really use Google in California. Um, so basically, they believe uh, the that they had been keystroking uh, the, I mean, the the Russian hackers essentially. Yeah, and they had hacked what Colin Powell. They tried breaking into the RNC as well, right. and mm-hmm. there were. Homeland Security, I believe, even tipped off uh, the DNC about how shitty their network was, and they were just like, whatever. The indictment basically publishes some of the WikiLeaks stuff, uh, the WikiLeaks messages. 
uh, asking Guccifer to send WikiLeaks any new immater- any new materials. On July sixth, uh, WikiLeaks asked again if you have anything Hillary related. We wanted in the next two days, preferable because the DNC convention is approaching, and she and she will sol- solidify Bernie supporters behind her after, adding that we think Trump has only a twenty five chance to of uh, winning against Hillary. So conflict between Bernie and Hillary is interesting. Uh, on July 14th, just a few days later, Guccifer sent uh, an email to WikiLeaks uh, in a text document. Um, the body of the email was plain text, unencrypted and vulnerable to interception by third parties, but the attachment was encrypted. The indictment says the unencrypted body explained that the encrypted files contained instructions on how to access the online archive of stolen DNC documents. On Jun- July 22nd, just a few days later, WikiLeaks published a database containing the hacked emails. Um, they don't put all of this out. Um, two and a half weeks later, after publishing the DNC emails while being interviewed on a Dutch television show, WikiLeaks editor Julian Assange encouraged a conspiracy theory that DNC staffer Seth Rich, who had been recently killed in what the DC police said was a botched robbery, was his source for the DNC emails. After stating WikiLeaks uh, sources face danger, he alluded to Rich. Um, and so it's pretty clear at this point that Seth Rich, uh, he was... The Seth Rich thing is probably a conspiracy. <laughs> well, there I, was multiple leaks, too. I mean, there wasn't just sure. there wasn't just one thing. So, I mean, he could have... Who knows? I so that's that's kind there of was, the, there was a theory too about the transfer rates being way too high to be broadcast that they were done through thumb drive. So I think at this point it is so so someone I'm not obviously it's not in there but right and that's the indictments. So, mm-hmm. so the, the the thing that stands out to me is like I, I you don't I don't I don't you know know that it's the russians but to me when 17 intelligence agencies you have very specific information even the intercept is yeah. saying that it's the russians yeah. it's probably the russians it's probably that probably the russians at right. this point right like <clears throat> we as skeptical uh you know uh thinkers against the government and and you know knowing that there's been all sorts of things perpetrated through the years and all that type of stuff i mean it, there's there's a healthy reason for skepticism right, right? but at the same time there's enough signs, I think, at this point pointing to it that, you know, whether we take it at face value or not, I, th- I think is almost immaterial in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things, right? Because even if the Russians didn't do it, then, like, whatever, right? I mean, right. That, that's what's going on right now, right? You, so, I mean, you still have over 20 states that had some of their election, syst- election <laughs> systems. Like, let's, let's all stop being naive and just assume that the Russians did try to influence our election. Sure. And that it came from the Kremlin. And the question, and we've always, and even here on We Are Libertarians, we've been skeptical of the Russia collusion investigation. There's so many Russian narratives is that, that right. need to be separated. Like right. this, Obviously, the Russians are always trying to get in, or what, or Russians, however you want to sure. define it, whether they're paid opposition or whatever. I mean, well, who, yeah. who the hell, Part of the GRU or some yeah. other independent yeah. or rogue agents or, or lone, whatever, right? I mean, there's so many different... Well, you remember the Chinese buying missile blueprints off yeah, of Bill, Bill Clinton, Clinton yeah, in mean, the White House? Yeah. You know, and every... Here's what I've always maintained, is that the 
that foreign powers, especially the bigger the foreign power, the more adversarial the foreign power, the more motivated they are to try and get information from government officials, from potential campaigns. I've always maintained that these foreign powers do exactly what Russia tried to do to Trump. They'd probably tried to do it to Clinton. You know, the half a dozen times they hit up hit the Trump administration trying to gain access. Yep, I'm sure that half a dozen times they tried Clinton too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they there have always been attempts by foreign powers to get information. This is how spycraft works. Yeah, and so I think what we have seen with what what Donald Trump has brought to America is is the investigative journalism of the New York Times trying to find out what's going on with Trump, and we're seeing what goes on in American politics. And so the Trump administration, even if there was interest in finding out what was in these emails, which there clearly was, uh, even if they did have meetings trying to find out what was in the emails, it didn't seem like it really went anywhere. Right. And we, at this point, are starting to see, it's, it's sort of like, What's the point of the Mueller investigation? Like we we can well, there was no defined can, scope when it started, right? So no, <laughs> we can pretty much tell at this point that there wasn't collusion. That Donald Trump wasn't even capable of colluding. He can't collude with himself. <laughs> I mean, which we'll get to as the last few days. And so they didn't they didn't act on this information. Like we're we we I think at this point we've tapped out. We've hit the bottom of this well. So. What's the point and of even, the investigation? Even calling it uh, influence in an election, I mean, no votes were changed. It was literally hacking DNC, the private company, right. which obviously it'll have an effect when you release the the documents on what the public thinks. But by God, we were down to Trump and Hillary at that time anyway, and it wasn't like, I mean, who was undecided? <laughs> so there's, so there's a very like we always knew that somebody hacked into the DNC, that yep. someone was trying to influence the election. We've known pretty much from the start that it was probably the Russians who did that, because they did not like Hillary Clinton. Well, CrowdStrike came out the day after they investigated, and that's when they said it was the Russians. So they, they had obviously seen from what I was reading, the forensics on it was. Everything that you'd read in that, right. they had seen before trying to attack uh, various other government agencies and whatever else, whatever the hell they secure. Right. Because, I mean, they're a notorious group. They they call them like Kazi Bear or something. Fozzy Bear, yeah. Yeah. Kazi <laughs> and Fozzy. But what? no, that's a, no, there was two. They, that's literally what they called them. And right. That, they were notorious. Apparently, I don't know how they, I don't know how the hell they know, but. Well, it was like an office of bros hanging out in Moscow on this road, yeah. and they got caught because one of them didn't VPN. They're yeah, logging you know the he was, You know, he was slamming some three dollar vodka. And, and so, <laughs> what the American what the American government did is they basically tracked this office. They probably had American assets who were sure. trying to get in. How do you think that they knew who worked in that office? Yeah, absolutely. How do well I, that, that that was another thing too is the, that the these 12, names the twelve people that work in this office. How do we get those names? Hmm? Well, they Let's were ask FBI. They were. FBI, they had known. They right. were, I mean, it's not hard to figure out intelligent agencies. That right. So Nobody keeps a secret. So the, the question for the Mueller investigation was, did Trump collude? I, at this point, can say with 95% certainty that I don't think that there was any yeah, collusion. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. Um, there's one small reference I saw in the indictment to, to the Trump campaign, but it was... It was either Guccifer or WikiLinks or whatever reaching out to try to like 
Papadopoulos. Yeah, that was yeah. fish. Like, well, that was the Roger you know. Stone thing too. Yeah, uh, Roger Stone cinema Twitter. Yeah, Roger's Roger's gonna go to jail at some point sooner than later. Like, there's it's pretty clear the writings on the wall that Mueller's really after Roger at this point. <laughs> and it's and it's funny like Manafort, Conrad Black, and Roger Stone basically invented lobbying in the eighties, yeah. yeah. and they've done so much illegal shit that they've and gotten now away they're, with. They're in their eighties and they're going to be behind bars <laughs> because of what they started. <laughs> yeah. So, so the Mueller investigation and the Trump like if Trump did nothing wrong, let's move on. The real problem is that you have a foreign power like Putin trying to disrupt our elections, and that's the very serious issue that Americans need to come together well, and work I, on. I think we to a degree can tie that out a little bit differently too right because i you can argue the merits or the constitutional power whether he should or shouldn't have it as an investigator mm-hmm. as Mueller, right but he his sole mandate and remit is not to go try to find trump collusion right right i mean that that's not what he's there for no it, he's supposed to be investigating a crime that committed or, well i mean know. there and here's a yeah. crime right yeah. i mean he's he has indicted quite a few people on crimes at this point and and so i think on that on that criteria there's progress now is it is it worth the sideshow that that's a different question funny you should mention that because andrew (laughs) mccarthy former uh, federal prosecutor writer at national review and podcaster now of the mccarthy report uh, wrote a piece on july 16th uh, titled mueller's politicized indictment of 12 russian intelligence officers i'm not going to read you the whole piece but i'm going to give you some of the highlights here Make no mistake, this is nakedly politicized law enforcement. There is absolutely no chance any of the Russian officials charged will ever see the inside of an American courtroom. The indictment is strictly political document by which the special counsel seeks to justify the existence of his superfluous investigation. Rosenstein made another telling remark at this big press conference. The Justice Department, he explained, will now transition responsibility for this case Mm -hmm. to our department's National Security Division while we await the apprehension of the defendants. (laughs) They're going to be waiting a while. Now stop giggling over that last part, the bit where we hold our breath until Russian dictator Vladimir Putin extradites his spies into the FBI's waiting arms. I'm talking about the first part. Mueller's case, the definitive case about what Russia did to interfere in the 2016 election, is no longer Mueller's case. It is being transitioned, i.e. buried, in the Justice Department unit that deals with counterintelligence matters that do not result in public trials. This underscores what we have been arguing here since before Mueller was appointed. There was no need and no basis in federal regulations for a special counsel. A special counsel is supposed to be appointed only when there are a a concrete factual basis to believe federally prosecutable crimes have been committed, calling for a criminal investigation, and B, a conflict of interest that prevents the Justice Department from conducting the criminal investigation. Uh, the As we've observed countless times, there, were, there was no basis for a criminal investigation of President Trump or the Trump campaign. The fact that Russia interfered in an American election, as it routinely does, never meant that the perceived beneficiary of the interference was criminally complicit in it. There is no known evidence that Trump campaign officials have had any involvement in hacking by the Russia intelligence services. Mueller's new indictment powerfully suggests that this could not have happened. The Russians were expert in their cyber espionage tactics. They did not need anyone's help, and they took pains to conceal their identity from everyone with whom they dealt. Moreover, even though the Trump campaign officials have been charged with other crimes having nothing to do with the 2016 election, 
and some of those Trump officials had contacts with Russians, Mueller has never charged one of them with a crime related to Russia's espionage attack on the election. Nor has he ever elicited from any defendant who pled guilty an admission of any such crime. The only known allegations of such crime are contained in the unverified Clinton campaign-sponsored Steele dossier, and the Trump campaign figures implicated in it have either not been charged, uh, see Carter Page, Michael Cohen, or have not been charged with a collusion crime, see Paul Manafort. Thus, among the worst aspects of the Mueller new indi- Mueller's new indictment, indictment bleh, is the continuation of the Justice Department's politicized perversion of its criminal counterintelligence mission. Lacking the requisite basis to conduct a criminal investigation, the Justice Department used its counterintelligence mission as a pretext for appointing a special counsel. This was grossly improper. 1. Counterintelligence work, which is geared at thwarting the operations of hostile foreign power, is not the work of a prosecutor who builds criminal cases. 2. Not surprisingly, then, there is no authority in the regulations to assign a special counsel to a counterintelligence investigation. And three, because counterintelligence authorities do not afford Americans the due process protections required in criminal prosecutions. The Justice Department is not permitted to use the counterintelligence as a pretext for conducting what is actually an effort to build a criminal prosecution. So, and he, he basically goes on, to say that uh, he's woven an indictment that he can never can never be tried out because it involves foreign powers, and you're not going to be able to put any of that on trial before the public because it all deals with foreign powers. Um, and so now the purported need for Mueller is being rationalized on two fictitious premises. The first is that the new indictment shows we need Mueller to get to the bottom of Russia's perdify. I don't know what that word means. This is false. There is nothing new in the Mueller's indictment. His participation was unnecessary to discover what our counterintelligence investigators have learned, and the intelligence that they have gathered should not have been put in an indictment. Aggression by a hostile foreign power is not a law enforcement issue, and it is a mockery of the justice system to charge foreign aggressors and pretend we presume them innocent of their attacks against our country. The second is the number of indictments Mueller has generated proves that there were solid grounds to suspect Trump campaign collusion in Russia's election meddling. That's blatant partisan dishonesty of this claim best encapsulated in this Washington Post report. Um, Mueller and a team of prosecutors have been working since May 2017 to determine whether any Trump associates conspired with Russia to interfere with the election. With the new indictment, his office has filed charges against 32 people on crimes, including hacking money, hacking, money laundering, and lying to the FBI. The Post goes on to grudgingly point out that 26 of the 32 are Russians, who are unlikely to ever be put on trial in the U.S. Unlikely? But the paper conveniently omits the mention of the fact that none of the 32 have been charged with a Trump-Russia conspiracy to interfere in the election, and that is the only thing that Mueller was needed for. So I think that's a a really good summation kind of of why the Mueller investigation has completely surpassed its need and usefulness and was never really needed to begin with, uh, and it was just a way to really damage them. The same point is kind of made that now that's the National Review, that's the right. The left uh, is making a similar point at truthdig.com by a writer named Scott Ritter, who's a uh, an intelligence officer. Um, and he goes on to talk about 
how people are trying to impeach Rod Rosenstein to end the Mueller investigation. Uh, and, and he writes, well, the impeachment of Rosenstein is highly unlikely. Uh, the FBI being found of, uh, guilty of its investigations being corrupted by individual bias is equally slim in the world of politics. Perception creates its own reality, and the Mueller investigation has been taking a public beating for some time. By releasing an indictment predicted upon the operating assertion that 12 named Russian military intelligence officers orchestrated a series of cyber attacks that resulted in information being stolen from computer servers belonging to the Democratic Party and then facilitated the release of this information in a manner designed to do damage to Clinton, Rosenstein sought to silence once and for all the voices that have been attacking him along with the Department of Justice." There's one major problem with the indictment, however. It doesn't prove that which it asserts. True, it provides a compelling narrative that reads like a spy novel. And there is no doubt in my mind that many of the technical details related to the timing and functioning of the malware described within are accurate. But the leak, leap of logic that takes the reader from the inner workings of the servers of the Democratic Party to the offices of the Russian intelligence officers in Moscow is not backed up by anything that demonstrates how these connections were made. That's the point of an indictment, however. It doesn't exist to provide evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. It rather serves to provide enough information to demonstrate probable cause. No one would or could be convicted at trial on the information contained in that indictment alone. Uh, for that to happen, the government would have to produce specific evidence linking the hacks to named Russians and provide details on how this evidence was collected and by whom. In short... The government would have to be willing to reveal some of the most sensitive sources and methods of intelligence collection by the U.S. intelligence community and expose and therefore ruin the careers of those who collected the information. This is something the government has never been willing to do, and there is much doubt that if, for some odd reasons, the Russians agreed to send one or more of the named officers to the U.S. for indictment, that this indictment would even go to trial. It simply couldn't survive the discovery to which any competent defense would subject the government's assertions. Mueller knew this when he drafted the indictment, and Rosenstein knew this when he presented it to the public. The, assert the assertions set forth in the indictment, while cloaked in the trappings of American justice, have nothing to do with actual justice or the rule of law. They cannot and will never be proved in a court of law. However... <laughs> by releasing them in this manner, suggests that the government is willing to proceed to trial, a perception that is created and implies that they can withstand the scrutiny necessary to prevail, and as we know, perception is its own reality. Um, so, I, I, and I thought that was a pretty, uh, you know, and he goes on to talk about in 2017, The Intercept uh, talked about its own spear phishing campaign, um, it's titled Spear Phishing Campaign TTPs Used Against U.S. and Foreign Government Political Entities. It's a highly technical document where basically they outline the American government's ability to do exactly what the Russians did to the DCCC and the DNC. Um, and so he, he basically just uh, demolishes the idea that this had anything to do um, th that... This was anything other than a political move by Mueller to justify his existence because people just won't know any better. 
<laughs> well, nobody reads documents. Right. Well, I mean, very. <laughs> I don't think the general public always understands the difference between an indictment and a, what a grand jury does versus yeah. what a formal trial is and all that stuff. Absolutely. So it is theater. It is it is perception. Um, you know, I haven't wrestled through it all, but I mean, to what end, really, at this point? I mean, I, I, I'm not... Uh, I don't know if... I think that, you know, again, this goes back to some sort of like the, you know, the quote unquote deep state and Mueller and his history in the FBI and all the people. And they're really trying to go after Trump or, uh, you know, he found himself in this situation due to political pressure. Something had to be, you know, something had to be done and he right. gets appointed and now he's there and now the, 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 the we're rolling downhill, you know, and when does it stop? Right. I think it's probably a little bit more of the latter. Yeah. There's probably a hint of the former, right? But, you know, Mueller is not a a raging liberal or anything like that. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's a registered Republican. He's a part of the conservative establishment, mm-hmm. you know, so. But he also has ties with everybody. I mean, the the, the conflict of interests are huge. and Sure. The, and it, it, at any level there, the, rec- the recusal should be like, you, out, you, out of mind. <laughs> you can look Just, at... I'm a libertarian, and you could say Abdul is a libertarian, <laughs> you know? And, like, that's the difference between uh, a conservative like Rob Kendall, our, our good buddy Rob, and Robert Mueller, you know? Like, there's a lot of differences There's a lot of distance two. between but, the two, no doubt. Yeah, but uh, so I think what what serves as a Republican in the media establishment that we're all familiar with, because here's the thing. Most people's ideology and their beliefs are not based on what actually happens in government. It's based on their friends and their family sure. and the general environment of conversation. Team A versus Team B, right. more than anything, you know. And that's why it's and that's why and that sort of proves the point of what Mueller is doing here. He's he's basically injecting this as Trump because he knows in days. He's going to be standing next to Vladimir Putin, and he's going to be asked about the collusion. And if he gives people verifiable, hard facts of 12 Russians did this, and here's their names, then it's going to make those questions when they meet in Helsinki much Okay, yeah, stronger. but how do, you think, how do you think the meeting went on, I think it was, I, I thought I heard someplace that was on Monday when Rosenstein uh, briefs Trump that this is coming. Like, I, Trump, Trump looks at him and says, excellent, excellent, there's no collusion, it's great. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead, go release ahead it. For, exactly, yeah. Right. Because Tr- that's all he cares about. Right, because Trump doesn't get that he's completely hosed by that. He doesn't have the kind of political brain that if, if Rosenstein, I would immediately look at Rosenstein and go, what the fuck are you doing to me, you motherfucker? I will fucking end you. Like, I'd turn, in, I'd turn into Richard Nixon in a heartbeat. Well, he would see it as vindication because it's just Russians and it's nothing right. to do with his campaign. Right. right? Because that's... I think collu- in his mind, is there any collusion in it? Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, as the Federalist writes, as uh, Margot Cleveland writes at the Federalist, Trump is right. Mueller's latest indictment suggests he's conducting a witch hunt, and here's the the argument that she makes that basically this indictment sets Trump free. Specifically, uh, let me see, make sure I'm on the right one. Specifically, the indictment alleged Russian intel. Bef- began its efforts to hack the DNC in March 2016, which was before Super Tuesday 2 and the Florida-Ohio-Illinois primaries, and thus before Trump became the presumptive nominee. 
Additionally, the indictment did not include any allegations that Trump campaign members colluded with Russia. So much of the hacking was before he was the nominee and before it looked like he was even going to be the nominee. Right. So it's like to me it, it is but what, okay so where do you think it goes though when when does Mueller shut down the investigation willingly uh, I don't think it will I don't think he will <laughs> yeah I mean when Trump when, is in it, office I think so it, you think if he if he's reelected in 2020 you think this investigation goes on for 6 years No because I think the Republicans are starting to get sick of it yeah. and I think you even you, you even hear people like Rand Paul Oh, saying, yeah. like, he's, enough he's, of this already. He's definitely trying to wait it out for the next, until the fall, till after the election. Yeah. Because, obviously, the Democrats are taking this as, oh, we can impeach this an impeachable right. offense. And that's what they're running on. But If, and, and, if there was collusion, yes. Well, they don't care. They're going to bring up charges in the... No matter what, it, it, yeah. Like to no, me, no. They they will if they take power. I mean, they still need to have a reasonable uh, case, right? The, I mean, the idea that Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi cares about Russian meddling because they're patriots does not. I, I no, just don't, I don't buy that. I don't like, buy that at all. Just either, as much right? as I no. don't, you know, I don't buy that your your most hardened Republican gives two craps about the country if it means it's going to hurt Democrats. I mean, we Correct. see that. T- like you see that in. Trump's words, which we'll get to in a moment, like it's about defending Trump, never cede any ground. He did nothing wrong when, in fact, he did he did stuff that was wrong. Like right. he said things that weren't right, and he he acted in a way that wasn't right. But they're never going to give in on that. And I and I think he sees it too as a slap in the face of that he needed help to win the election, where he didn't do it himself. Oh, he, he had all, sure. all Trump, definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. It's all about... It, that's it's all it's about, yeah. So if he says anything bad about Putin, it's almost like he's giving in for whatever reason, but he doesn't realize that like it's a Chinese finger trap. The fact that he won't say that's anything... culturally insensitive. The fact that he won't <laughs> say anything bad about Donald Trump just reaffirms the perception, where if he said, you know, hey, I don't like that you co- you did all that meddling... He just thinks that it, the meddling undermines the fact that he won the election fair and square. Those are now called Thai cave toys. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. I just came up with it. <laughs> so, I'll be at Crackers this weekend. <laughs> well, you and you're the only one. Um, so the, uh, the the end of the Mueller investigation will come about because of Republican pressure. It's it's going to stop being just a fringe Freedom Caucus fight to now you're credibly damaging the ability of the president to operate because I think they see the ego wound with this. Like, everybody kind of knows, but now it's to the point that it's hurting the country, and so they're going to really fight. Like, mainstream Republicans are going to start coming out and saying, like, to me, the tell is Rand Paul, like... When Rand, I don't think he. I don't think you can treat Rand Paul as a tell for anything. Well, maybe he's too French. Yeah, but I, I just see it as uh, it's going to end because the Republicans know that they have to end this for their own survival. I, I was listening to Five Thirty Eight the other day. They use Rob Portman. He, he's right. he's your he's your generic bellwether Republican, right. <laughs> right? So when when Rob Portman starts swaying one way, then then there you go. I and think I, after the uh, after the struck and page hearings and all that gets settled i think it'll probably i think there's going to be a lot of pissed off republicans yeah and then that's gonna pretty much get the ball rolling yeah but politically right i mean when when it gets shut down and and assuming there's no collusion charge then it has to come with the 
we're done. We found no collusion. Well, even you know, even a collu- a collusion, you have to have a crime. It's I, not. I, it's I know, not a, but my yeah. point being, it, it is it is beneficial to the Republican cause, right? Right. When it shut down, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Which is why it's not going anywhere. Yeah, because until they're the going to wave. They're going to say it's been a witch hunt for four years or however the hell but, long it goes on but see that's where i don't think it adds up chris i don't think that mueller's waiting out for it to become a blue wave right like mueller what, has what, an unlimited budget he can do whatever he wants he's yeah. getting paid he'll that, that's, and it's being executed no i mean really still to i mean i how much power rosenstein has over i believe it, rosenstein has the call of whether or not right it and can he's, continue. he's a republican and he's he the only person which is why they're threatening like, to impeach him yeah. like, so unless That's, they unless they you know he has motivation to want a blue wave right i mean that no i think like if you're on the if you're on the mueller team or if you're rod rosenstein I think there's a sense that what you're doing your duty to your country. It's, Correct. It's, it's lofty, like you, the way that you hear um, Comey speak. Yes. You know, it's it's some grand thing that they're We're doing. We're doing our public duty. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Duty. <laughs> Deep state. Right. Someone said they can't hear us, but that person clearly was Turn dumb. your volume up, uh, honestly. dummy. <laughs> honestly. Um, I can hear myself uh, just unmute. fine. I'm actually quite loud in these headphones. Yeah. Dr. Dre, can you turn those down? Exactly. I need more snare. More snare in his headphones, please. Uh, Jeff wants to know if you want to go to the dog park, but apparently you're here and uh, he's... I will be at the dog park uh, Friday night. You love that dog park. No, I won't be for... Yeah. I love the dog bar. My dogs love it. I don't love it. You go to a dog bar every Friday night. I love the chicks and my dog, Kona, he loves the bitches. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good strategy. Take your dog to the dog bar and let the girls pet the dog. Funny thing about my dog is it's a wiener dog. <laughs> uh, very good. So, so I mean, what do you guys like at this point? Should the Mueller investigation be shut down? Oh, I th- I don't think it should have ever been started. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I to me it doesn't matter either way. I mean, yeah. he's fishing for nonsense. He's going to keep finding criminal like crimes. They've been committed. Whether or not they have anything to do with, well, Paul Manafort's what ten-year-old money laundering charges right. or whatever from Ukraine. I mean, okay, at some point this shit's getting out of hand, and you are finding crimes, yeah, but nobody maybe once they get Roger Stone. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Who, like, that's I, actually not a. <laughs> I see it more as a political or just they've got to come up with something to keep going. So no. they've always got to you got to bring fish home. No, I for sure think that Roger Stone will get charged and that'll be the culmination and then maybe it'll end after that but he'll probably get something low like you know unregistering uh, for foreign uh, whatever well, I don't yeah know. they'll get him on pro or a process crime right. i mean that's the whole thing they were talking about how oh trump's wanting to testify or go in and give a statement it's like what the hell are you talking about why yeah. would you ever go talk to you're not he's reportedly never been under investigation Roger? Say, Roger? No, Trump. Trump. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not, he's not under investigation for anything. I was like, I think Stone's probably been under investigation a few times. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, Trump, yeah, Trump has never, it's been the campaign. I, I don't but, know yeah. if there's been a time where Stone probably wasn't under right. <laughs> but <laughs> since probably like 1970. <laughs> right. But don't insult my intelligence and tell me that Trump has never been the target of this thing. 
Like that's the whole point of this. Yeah. Right? That, ex- no, well, Target. Yes. What I think Tad is saying is like that they've been able to get to a formal point, right? Where, right. Where it's a a hot actual thing. Right. Right. So I think the the thing that um, drives me the craziest is the reaction to all this. Oh, everybody's it, Trump derangement syndrome. It's exactly what it is. It's like. It's off the charts. Side effects equal. All right. of this is off the charts. All of it. Well, it's outrageous. It's outrageous. Honestly, culture. like I don't think, and maybe I'm just being a grouchy Gen Xer at this point, right? <laughs> right. But, but I, I mean, if it wasn't this, it's something else. Yeah. Right. So great, shut down the Mueller investigation. Whatever. I mean, right. there there would still be plenty in in the way that you know Trump and the media and and left and right and boomers and this and right like it, it would still be a nutsy sideshow it'd and, be his businesses right his it, businesses it, businesses are corrupt as the day is long yeah, as a 30 year old boomer i would yeah i would agree <laughs> Youngin. yeah you're right uh so that then leads us to um i'm literally getting a text message i got a text message from a friend and it says just explain to my grandma what swoobs are she told me to put ice down my shirt you know what swoobs are? Sweaty man boobs? Well, sweaty boobs know. in general. Well, I was... Never mind. So, all right, sorry, I just got distracted. So uh, so this sets the stage. You hear what's going on. And uh, so the media is all engaged in these 12 Russians that have colluded. And then it they, they go to Helsinki a couple days ago. And uh, he meets with, with Putin. And the media is just waiting. Just waiting. We're waiting for, and they're waiting for anything to be outraged about at this point. And Donald Trump, as always, is more than willing to give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> he never ass. disappoints. He never disappoints. He can never help himself. He just has to shoot himself right in the face. Uh, and so, as we said earlier, they meet and then they come out and they uh, give some statements. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you. This is going to be a little long. I'm going to play longer clips than you'd hear somewhere else, but I want you to hear uh, the actual words of everybody, unfiltered, unedited. I mean, obviously, I stopped and started at some point. I'm not going to play 45 minutes. I'm going to play like 10 minutes here of of audio because I want you to hear exactly what was said by these two men. And you won't get this. The in the, you won't get this in the mainstream media either. That's right. So this is Trump's initial remarks, and and so why if, why I pulled this is that it's not the controversial part. It's him talking about what they actually talked about and why he wanted to meet with Putin and uh, their shared goals. So without further ado, here is Donald Trump. I'm here today to continue the proud tradition of bold American diplomacy. From the earliest days of our republic, American leaders have understood that diplomacy and engagement is preferable to conflict and hostility. A productive dialogue is not only good for the United States and good for Russia, but it is good for the world. The disagreements between our two countries are well known, and President Putin and I discussed them at length today. But if we're going to solve many of the problems facing our world, then we're going to have to find ways to cooperate in pursuit of shared interests. Too often in both recent past and long ago, we have seen the consequences when diplomacy is left on the table. We have also seen the benefits of cooperation. In the last century, 
our nations fought alongside one another in the Second World War. Even during the tensions of the Cold War, when the world looked much different than it does today, the United States and Russia were able to maintain a strong dialogue. But our relationship has never been worse than it is now. However, that changed as of about four hours ago. I really believe that. Nothing would be easier politically than to refuse to meet, to refuse to engage, but that would not accomplish anything. As President, I cannot make decisions on foreign policy in a futile effort to appease partisan critics or the media or Democrats who want to do nothing but resist and obstruct. Constructive dialogue between the United States and Russia afford the opportunity to open new pathways toward peace and stability in our world. I would rather take a political risk in pursuit of peace than to risk peace in pursuit of politics. As President, I will always put what is best for America and what is best for the American people. During today's meeting, I addressed directly with President Putin the issue of Russian interference in our elections. I felt this was a message best delivered in person. Spent a great deal of time talking about it. And President Putin may very well want to address it and very strongly, because he feels very strongly about it, and he has an interesting idea. We also discussed one of the most critical challenges facing humanity, nuclear proliferation. I provided an update on my meeting last month <coughs> with Chairman Kim on the denuclearization of North Korea. And after today, I am very sure that President Putin and Russia want very much to end that problem going to work with us, and I appreciate that commitment. The President and I also discussed the scourge of radical Islamic terrorism. Both Russia and the United States have suffered horrific terrorist attacks, and we have agreed to maintain open communication between our security agencies to protect our citizens from this global menace. Last year, we told Russia about a planned attack in St. Petersburg and they were able to stop it cold. They found them. They stopped them. There was no doubt about it. I appreciated President Putin's phone call afterwards to thank me. I also emphasized the importance of placing pressure on Iran to halt its nuclear ambitions and to stop its campaign of violence throughout the area, throughout the Middle East. As we discussed at length, the crisis in Syria is a complex one. Cooperation between our two countries has the potential to save hundreds of thousands of lives. I also made clear that the United States will not allow Iran to benefit from our successful campaign against ISIS. We have just about eradicated ISIS in the area. We also agreed that representatives from our national security councils will meet to follow up on all of the issues we addressed today and to continue the progress we have started right here in Helsinki.
Today's meeting is only the beginning of a longer process, but we have taken the first steps toward a brighter future and one with a strong dialogue and a lot of thought. Our expectations are grounded in realism, but our hopes are grounded in America's desire for friendship, cooperation, and peace. And I think I can speak on behalf of Russia when I say that also. President Putin, I want to thank you again for joining me for these important discussions and for advancing open dialogue between Russia and the United States. Dialogue. He's it's normal. Trump is funny. Even even normal Trump is funny. He's like <laughs> that's, that's scripted Trump. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's him. Reading. So when 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 do you guys think that was written? Oh, well, I think that's all written way in advance. I think yeah. I think two years in like the Trump White House. Can you is, imagine? Sorry. Can you imagine working? No. Doing stuff? No. Oh no, I think the, the White House now is much more professional than it was this time last year oh, for uh, sure they they definitely have a better handle on things and in the in the clip the last clip that i'll play you'll hear part of that panic because of him mm-hmm. um so <laughs> yeah so, he's he stays mostly on script here right right you can, there's there's a little bit of trump editorializing basically saying it's good for us to meet diplomacy <laughs> is good and, and like people were getting and there's one guy named doug mataconis who i mm-hmm. he Right, it's outside the Beltway. He's a very smart individual, you know. But he's like, I will never support Rand Paul again because Rand Paul said, you know, basically Rand Paul basically said like we should talk to our enemies. That's the purpose of diplomacy. It keeps us from going to war. And then he's like, I'm not supporting him because of that. It's like, what's wrong with what he said? <laughs> I I I like pretty much everything he said. I don't understand right. why people are more flip shit over this than they were with the. Uh, Little Kim Jong Il, like what or Un, whatever. It's the because is. no one flipped much about this. This, this part, part was, good, was right. fine. Had he shut up, well, <laughs> he took questions. <laughs> no, I know. Well, <laughs> never, never take questions. Yeah. No, here's the thing. Uh, Trump scripted. Trump. It, well, they're pissed at the non, meeting. Non Twitter. Trump. Non taking questions. Trump. Fine. He'd be at fifty percent approval rating. There'd be no blue wave. Tr- Donald. Trump on Twitter and in Q and A, not so good. Yeah, no. The thing yeah, is, but, but the other thing, the the fun paradox of this is that the if it was only scripted Trump, he wouldn't have won. That's exactly right. <laughs> no, he would have been boring. He'd have he would have had a higher approval rating, <laughs> right? But less likelihood of actually winning, Listen, right? Or even being reelected. In two weeks, nobody will give a damn, right? So, no, exactly. It's been nine days since Brett Kavanaugh was yeah. a, a, a nominated. Do you even remember Brett Kavanaugh? <laughs> Do you remember, remember any of that? I, I think don't. I went to middle school with him. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I went to Brett. Uh, yeah, I was. The, uh, so, the news so media just moves so damn quick. And the only thing they're hinging on is this Russia shit. So Right. So, yeah, the, the Russia stuff is falling apart, so they have to amp it up. And that's why, like, the hyperbole around Russia is getting to the point where he's a traitor. And he's, like, it's oh, because... This is cause for impeachment, just the meeting. Just the meeting yep. is cause it's for It's treasonous. Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. So, so he goes on to take questions, and here is the first question that, uh, that got him in trouble. Mr. President, you tweeted this morning that it's U.S. foolishness, stupidity, and the Mueller probe that is responsible for the decline in U.S. relations with Russia. 
Do you hold Russia at all accountable for anything in particular? And if so, what would you, what would you consider them that they are responsible for? Yes, I do. I hold uh, both countries responsible. I think that the United States has been foolish. I think we've all been foolish. We should have had this dialogue a long time ago. Uh, a long time, frankly, before I got to office. And I think we're all uh, to blame. I think that the United States now has stepped forward along with Russia, and we're getting together, and we have a chance to do some great things, whether it's nuclear proliferation in terms of stopping. We have to do it. Ultimately, that's probably the most important thing that we can be working on. But uh, I do feel that uh, we have both made some mistakes. I think that the, the probe is a disaster for our country. I think it's kept us apart. It's kept us separated. There was no collusion at all. Uh, everybody knows it. Uh, people are being brought out to the fore. Uh, so far that I know, virtually none of it related to the campaign. And they're going to have to try really hard to find somebody that did relate to the campaign. That was a clean campaign. I beat Hillary Clinton easily. And frankly, uh, we beat her. And I'm not even saying from the standpoint, we won that race. And it's a shame that there can even be a little bit of a cloud over it. Uh, people know that. People understand it. But the main thing, and we discussed this also, is zero collusion. And it has zero. had a negative impact upon the relationship of the two largest nuclear powers in the world. We have 90 percent of nuclear power between the two countries. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous <laughs> what's going on with the probe. For President Putin, yeah, yeah, if I could yeah. follow up as well. Um, why should Americans and why should President Trump believe your statement that Russia did not intervene in the 2016 election, given the evidence that U.S. intelligence agencies have provided? And will you consider extraditing the 12 Russian officials that were indicted last week by a U.S. grand jury? Well, I'm going to let the president answer the second part of that question. But as you know, uh, the <laughs> just whole concept of that came up perhaps a little bit before, but it came I out got as this. <laughs> a reason why the Democrats lost an election, which, frankly, they should have been able to win because the Electoral <laughs> College is much more advantageous for Democrats, as you know, than it is to Republicans. Uh, we won the Electoral College by a lot, 306 to 223, I believe. Good answer, Vlad. And uh, that was a well fought. Uh, that was a well-fought battle. We did a great job. And frankly, uh, I'm going to let the president speak to the second part of your question. But uh, just to say it one time again, and I say it all the time, uh, there was no collusion. I say didn't know the, the president. Uh, there was nobody to collude with. There was no collusion with the campaign. And every time you hear all of these, you know, 12 and 14, it's stuff that has nothing to do. And frankly, they admit these are not people involved in the campaign. But to the average reader out there, they're saying, well, maybe that does. It doesn't. Uh, and even the people involved, some perhaps told misstories, although in one case the FBI said there was no lie. There was no lie. Somebody else said there was. Uh, we ran a brilliant man. campaign, and that's why I'm president. Thank you. Vlad gets 30 seconds. As to who is to be believed and who is not to be believed, 
You can trust no one. <laughs> Where did you get this idea that President Trump trusts me or I trust him? He defends the interests of the United States of America, and I do defend the interests of the Russian Federation. We do have interests that are common. We are looking for points of contact. There are issues where our postures diverge, and we are looking for ways to reconcile our differences. So the America First president initially basically starts out saying this. Mr. President, you tweeted this morning that it's U.S. foolishness, stupidity, and the Mueller probe that is responsible for the decline in U.S. relations with Russia. Do you hold Russia at all accountable for anything in particular? And if so, what would you, what would you consider them that they are responsible for? Yes, I do. I hold uh, both countries responsible. So, I think that's a shot at Obama in his mind, right? Of course it is, yeah. So all of this <laughs> yeah. is just pure Freudian, just regurgitating, I won, I'm a legitimate president, you're driving me crazy, please stop, I, please yeah. stop making me feel inferior. Yes. Yeah. That's all yeah. it is. Yep. Uh, narcissism Yes. is a tough thing. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's really... It's. I, I battle it every day. So then here comes the... Uh, but I just found it interesting. No, that but the here irony is, here is is he spent how much of his campaign talking about how weak Obama is for apologizing. Right. And then what's the first thing that comes... What's his tweet in the morning? Well, it's partially our fault. He's standing next <laughs> to Putin, and he just lays down like a cowardly... I mean, he's... People, oh, he's just a man of strength. Like, no, he's not. He's no. a very cowardly person. And that's the thing about mental illness is that... Like, if you let yourself go unchecked, if you don't take care of your ego problems like he does, you just turn into a very weak person. He wants Pu he wants Putin to like him. He wants Putin... Whoever he's next to. Yeah, that's exactly right. He's a people pleaser. He's uh, So they always called Jimmy Carter weak because he was kind of that way. But, like, to me, Trump is just much weaker. I mean, I, I just... I find him to be a, a sad figure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, especially on the foreign policy issues. Yes. Because he, obviously, it's not his strong point. Right. So The people he's supposed to stand up to when it's tough, like it's tough to stand next to a guy who kills people who are political opponents. Hillary? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, who assassinates <laughs> journalists, who, you know, invades sovereign countries, two in the last ten years in Georgia and the U.S. Hillary? Ukraine. Yeah. Like... Gaddafi? He's basically, uh, he, you know, he's he's afraid of the guy a little bit, in my mind, and he wants him to like him because he does respect what Putin is able to build. Yeah. Like, to me, Putin is uh, everything that Donald Trump kind of wants to be, but he has no respect for the liberal fat ankles Merkel and, <laughs> you know, that that cuck Mer, uh, Mark Macron, like, or well, no, Trudeau, Trudeau, Justin Trudeau. Ladyboy Trudeau. Well, you know what Putin did to her, right? Oh. When they had their meeting and it, yes. she hates dogs. And he had his dogs come in and yep. like hang out. Yep. Pet my dogs. That's one of the best photo ops like you'll ever see. <laughs> Look up those pictures, people. Yeah. They're like the biggest fucking dogs you'll ever see in yeah. life, too. He's, Putin is all about, uh, yeah, he's he's everything Donald wants. Well, yeah, he's cagey. I mean, he's a he's been KGB forever. He is. Yes. He's a killer. So. He's a trained and he rides on the backs of bears. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> so here's the second question Shirtless. that got, uh, got the Donald in hot water. Just now, President Putin denied having anything to do with the election interference in 2016. 
Every U.S. intelligence agency Listen has concluded that, that Russia did. Is that Jim? What? Who? Um, uh, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> Who's asking the question? I don't. It's somebody from Reuters, I think. Uh, and he's just, Mr. President. Are you, are you watch the. Uh, I was telling the guys before we started. I was watching uh, the Fourth Estate on Showtime. It's the circus for the New York Times, basically. And so basically, they go behind the scenes and they show you how journalism works. It's really great. I love it. But it's just nothing but soy boys and beta cucks everywhere. You so, like, I'm just watching it, laughing, going. I want to sit down with my alt right friend just to hear him laugh at the, like. It's like my Michael Babaro. Did you did you see the picture that was posted about uh, the New York Times? Uh, it's ice cream day in the office, and then they're all lined up, and then somebody posts a picture like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" Because <laughs> it's like guys wearing flip flops and like tank top, like horn rim, horn rim yeah, glasses. Just, I mean, the rip. ideal just what a liberal soy boy or whatever it would look like <laughs> it, it was pretty funny it's just uh he just like the you watch the video he just plays right into that stereotype of what everything trump hates about the media like who are a, you with a, a, well that's the funny thing neither of these guys you're supposed to stand up say your name and who you're with like that's the protocol so it, when other news outlets play it, then you're you get a mention. Mm-hmm. You know, you're it's just basic etiquette to like stand up and say, "My name is Joe Smith from Reuters." Like, but neither of these guys, I'm gonna write them up on the yeah. uh, on the j- uh, journalistic front. But yeah, even Tad Western knows that. But right. So I just I, I like Putin. Nobody you can trust nobody immediately. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just this guy's voice cracks me up. Just now, President Putin denied having anything to do with the election interference in 2016. Every U.S. intelligence agency has concluded that Russia did. What, who, my first question for you, sir, is who do you believe? My second question is, would you now, with the whole world watching, tell President Putin, would you denounce what happened in 2016, and would you warn him to never do it again? Such virtue. So let me just say that we have two thoughts. Two thoughts. Groups that are wondering why the FBI never took the server. Why haven't they taken the server? (laughs) The server of the DNC. Why was the FBI told to leave the office of the Democratic National Committee? I've been wondering that. I've been asking that for months and months, and I've been tweeting it out and calling it out on social (laughs) media. Where is the server? I want to know, where is the server? They don't need to take it. And what is the server saying? With that being said, (laughs) all I can do is ask the question. My... People came to me, Dan Coates came to me, and some others, they said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin. Uh, He just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be, but I really do want to see the server. Uh, But I have uh, have confidence in both parties. I, I really believe that this will probably go on for a while, but I don't think it can go on without finding out what happened to the server. What happened to the servers of the Pakistani gentleman that worked on the DNC? Where are those servers? They're missing. Where are they? What happened to Hillary Clinton's emails? 33,000 emails, gone, just gone. I think in Russia they wouldn't be gone so easily. I think it's a disgrace that we can't get Hillary Clinton's 33,000 emails. So I have great confidence in my intelligence people, but... Uh, I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case 
come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. Okay? Who is Seth Rich? I'd like to add something to this. After all, I was an intelligence officer myself. And I do know how dossiers are made up. Just a quote, just a second. <laughs> That's the first thing. Now the second thing. I believe that Russia is a democratic state. And I hope you're not denying this right to your own country. You're not denying that United States is a democracy. Do you believe United States is a democracy? And if so, if it is a democratic state, then the final conclusion in this kind of a dispute can only be delivered by a trial by the court, not by the executive, by the uh, law enforcement. For instance, the Concord company that was brought up is being accused. It's being accused of interference. But this company does not constitute the Russian state. It does not represent the Russian state. And I brought several examples before. Well, you have a lot of individuals in the United States, take George Soros, for instance, with multi-billion capitals. But it, does it make him, his position, his posture, the posture of the United States? No, it does not. Well, it's the same case. There is the issue of trying a case in the court. And the final, uh, the, the final say is for the court to deliver. We are now talking about the private, in, the, the, the individuals, and not about particular states. And as far as the most recent allegation is concerned about the Russian intelligence officers, we do have an intergovernmental treaty. Please do send us the request. We will. All right. So I believe him. <laughs> yeah, they both you you hear them both do the exact same thing which is completely misdirect. Like we're going to move away from the question. Here here is the initial question. Just now President Putin denied having anything to do with the election interference in 2016. Every US intelligence agency has concluded that Russia did. What who my first question for you sir is who do you believe? My second question is would you now with the whole world watching tell President Putin would you denounce what happened in 2016? And would you warn him to never do it again? So the question is that. Do you do you think he did it? And do you think that that was a good thing to have happen? Yeah. Donald Trump then immediately starts talking about servers. <laughs> Vladimir Putin starts talking about elections and like not in courts and George Soros like he knows how to make a dossier <laughs> exactly I know how to I, I too was in a, a KGB espionage <laughs> I, I am familiar with uh, everything you know so this server thing that Donald Trump starts rambling on about the DNC servers were not removed they were imaged and so when you image a server you basically log everything that happened on that server you don't need to take the physical box. So this is an example of Donald Trump not knowing anything about technology whatsoever, and he's talked to Gene Ampiro or some, you know, Sean Hannity type who's like, why didn't they take the server? Yeah, that's a good idea. Like your buddy's boomer dad golf buddies trying to understand technology. <laughs> they didn't need to take the server. They imaged it. As you heard earlier, as we outlined, they were watching all the keystrokes on all of it. They understood all of it. Um... He undermines Dan Coats. Dan Coats was a senator here in Indiana for most of my life, and uh, he seems like a very smart and intelligent guy. I've met him. He's very polite and nice. 
Um, and he seems uh, to love his country, and he 100% believes that uh, he's the director of the intelligence agencies. He's basically the guy that is at the top of the 17 different agencies, and he repeatedly says that uh, it is... That is the Russians. It's the Russians. <laughs> he said it. He said it again today, and then Donald Trump again said, "Well, it could be the Russians. I don't know. It could." He goes it back could to could be lots of people. It could be lots of people. <laughs> he continually undermines Dan Coats and makes his own intelligence agencies look foolish. The Pakistani. There was like some Pakistani guy who worked for the Democrats and set up servers for a bunch of different House people. He was uh, an IT guy. Yeah, yeah an IT. What's the story with the Pakistani guy there? Oh God! Do you want me? I, do you want the official story? Or do you want the? Uh... Give me the official <laughs> story. Give me thirty seconds of each. From what I understand and remember reading, he was Debbie Washerman Schultz's personal IT guy, and then he also was a lot of DNC, I believe, and then a lot of various other. Uh, uh, House and Senate members, IT guy, and then he was running a scam where he was, his company only hired his family members, and then he was running a huge, I, he took over like $3 million, I believe, of taxpayer dollars, so you should be pissed about that, but it was a scam, he'd sign him up, and he, he was getting like a hundred k a year per person he signed up, and then I, it was some big financial bullshit, but he was also <laughs> packed Pakistani. Uh oh. He had uh, you know ties to Hezbollah, whatever the hell. I I don't I don't remember what it, all it was, but and then he disappeared. They found his. I do believe they found a backpack with his laptop with a and server. His, his. I think <laughs> yeah. it was. I think it was a server. It was. I believe, yeah. and then his all of his access key cards and everything, and he just rolled out. I guess I don't know. Apparently he. He had some information on Seth Rich. I don't know. There, it all goes back to Seth Rich, and uh, all right. I, I don't know. There, I, I don't remember the whole story, but look into it. I'm sure Alex Jones has got some. So then, then he traffic. Then he uh, uh, he made a wonderful <laughs> offer. The ex KGB uh, KGB expert who uh, basically sent intelligence officers to steal information from uh, the major the second the other major political party in the United <laughs> States uh, who he offered a, I'm gonna ha- I will help you with investigation <laughs> I will send people we will look into it with no, you no it, you will send people here to Russia okay and we'll let you watch our people interrogate <laughs> okay <laughs> our agents oh, okay. and then we should be able to interrogate people that we would want to interrogate. Right. Yeah. This is a wonderful offer. It's so <laughs> kind of you. Uh, I like now, it. So, I mean, there's all this... I mean, Chris, you and I have, have you know, dabbled in politics, right? Right. And, 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 you know, not at the presidential level. Right. right. But the amount of preparation and practice and, like, trying to be on script and not say something stupid, right? Like, even at our little... You know, C League level, right? right? There's work there. Sure. Can you imagine being the staffer or being John Bolton in the next room (laughs) when this question comes up and seeing Trump just like. There are videos, and I have seen on camera, and you can see it on things like the circus where the staff just goes white. And there's a moment later, like the today's press conference, where you can hear Sarah Huckabee Sanders screaming, "No, no, out!" <laughs> like it's, it, it is the worst. It is just the worst. Like Donald Trump, but you kind of like. Here's why 
I just don't get so bent out of shape. This this is really bad. Like Don, like Vladimir Putin is a bad person. Yeah. This this program in I think 2013 called him the next great dictator. I I didn't have time to go and find no. where I said that, but I was going to play it today because I wanted to prove that I was right. Mm-hmm. Um, but Donald uh, Vladimir Putin is a person who kills mm-hmm. political opponent. He's not even he's not even hiding it anymore. He's pretty naked about it at this point. Like he's he's kind of. He's a little too comfortable, and so he's starting to get reckless with stuff. Right. Because he realizes, ain't nobody going to do shit. I'm going to invade Ukraine. They aren't going to do anything. You know, we can survive whatever sanctions they place on us. They're still going to have us come to the G8. You know, like, he just, he gets away with everything, and nobody does anything about it. And so this is just another example. The only counterbalance to Vladimir Putin is the United States president. And the problem with what Donald Trump did is that he completely laid down in front of Vladimir Putin. Now, is Putin going to invade Lithuania tomorrow because Donald Trump acted like a weakling? No. Donald Trump did exactly what Vladimir Putin knows who Donald Trump would do. Exactly. We all know this about Donald Trump at this point. That's why this isn't worth the hyperventilation over it. It's that... Donald Trump is well. Let me read this piece from Jonah Goldberg. Uh, not the whole piece, but because I think he's going to say it way better than whatever I'm going. What is going to come out uh, during a joint news appearance with Russian President Vladimir Putin? Trump demonstrated that when put to the test, he cannot see any issue through a prism other than his grievances and ego. In a performance that should elicit some resignations from his administration, the president sided with Russia over America's national security community, including Dan Coats, the Trump-appointed director of national intelligence. Days ago, Trump er, Coates issued a blistering warning that not only had Russia meddled in our election, undisputed by almost everyone save the president himself, but it is preparing to do so again. But when asked about Russian interference in Helsinki, Trump replied, All I can do is ask the question. My people came to me, Dan Coates came to me, and some others, they said they think it's Russia. I have President Putin. He said it's not Russia. I will say this, I don't see any reason why it would be Russia. I have confidence in both parties. Separately, when asked about the frosty relations between the two countries, Trump said, I hold both countries responsible. I think we're all to blame. I do feel that we've made some mistakes. Um, and conservatives are just scre- screeching because this is blame America mentality and this is Noam Chomsky territory. Like Trump's Trump's right, which I'll I'll explain in a moment. Um, uh, <laughs> How could so, you be so wrong and so right at the same time? Amid these and other appalling statements, Trump made it clear that he can only understand the investigation into Russia interference as an attempt to rob him. I'm sorry, boring boring myself, to rob him of credit for his electoral victory and thus to delegitimize his presidency. For most people with a grasp of the facts, supporters and critics alike, the question of Russian interference and the question of Russian collusion with the Trump campaign are separate. Russia did interfere in the election, full stop. Whether there was collusion is still an open question, even if many Trump supporters have made up their minds about it. With Russian interference or collusion, it got Trump over the finish line is ultimately unknowable, though I think it's very unlikely. And that's really what it comes down to is he he acts he he's just he's a very sick man. I think he sees it obviously as if he grants if he says yes, there obviously was Russian interference, it's granting some sort of win to uh Bob Mueller and the Democrats. 
I, I, you know what? I, I, I don't mind. know. If you do listen, I mean, he he comes at he says he came at Putin in the one on one, right? Right in the in the in the uh, in the prepared statement, right? Where he had just a little bit of editorializing. I mean, I wouldn't say he was tough, right? Mm-hmm. But he said, I asked tough questions, we went through it, we spent a lot of time on this thing. Yeah, but I don't believe Donald Trump when he says that. Uh, true. But but he's also tweeted back when all this came out that, oh, the Russians, maybe now they can get the emails, Hillary's emails. So like, I, it's not like he doesn't... I hear you, but I think... He doesn't I, agree with it. I think, I think the same just, thing is, is that as soon as it's the press asking the question, oh, no, he, he doesn't want to, has twisted it into this, like, right. like I can't differentiate between... Just meddling and collusion. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he wants to give them any, in his mind, yeah, any, a agree. bone. Right. I, you know, he doesn't want to throw him a bone because oh, Trump admits to Russian collusion the way they'd run it. But I, I don't know. I don't. It, it's a shit show either way. Right. I mean, ultimately, Donald Trump is doing what every U.S. president has done. He's trying to be cordial and suck up a little bit to Vladimir Putin to because he think they they all think they can charm Vladimir Putin and do into moderating. And that's just not the case. You know, I I looked into his soul and I with Bush or the reset button or I'll have more oh, flexibility. Res- that's what he should have brought. Right. He should have brought a reset button. Now this was <laughs> this was far beyond the pale of any of those things like like there's degrees. It's not equivalency, but you know, to the the other problem is the false equivalency of you know, the American government is not morally equal with the Russian government. The Russian right. government is a dictatorship run by Putin, and it's a very nice dictatorship. Mm-hmm. Like, of all the dictatorships over the last 150 years, not not one that you... you I mean, you choose that one if you... If you, uh, if you go for a- Pinochet. <laughs> <laughs> you just love helicopters. I do. So I actually started GoFundMe. I'm trying to get a tad helicopter. I'm going to throw liberals from it. <laughs> so... It, but it is a dictatorship. You have no freedom to vote. You have no freedom of speech. You have no freedom of press. You have limited freedom of religion. Like it is, it is uh, like you could not have this podcast in Russia. Like we could not do this podcast where I criticize Vladimir Putin the way that I criticize Donald Trump. You know, so there is no moral equivalency in many ways between the United States and America. And he, to protect his ego, Donald Trump continually makes some sort of equivalency between him. And North Korea, and Vladimir Putin, and uh, Rodrigo Duarte in the Philippines, who is another one of these strong men. Oh, I like him. Yeah, I mean, so but so he is. Uh, there was an article in the in Foreign Policy: Trump's unrequited love for Vladimir Putin. It's in the show notes, and it kind of is asking the question of like, why does Donald Trump love Vladimir Putin? And it, and it lays out sort of an interesting psychological parallel between his dad and some of these strong guys. Um, so he's a he's a, let's see here. He he wrote the book John Quincy Adams Militant Spirit. Uh, mm. James Traub. So he wrote. We know, of course, that Trump is deeply drawn to dictators of all kinds, uh, including outright maniacs like like Philippines Rodrigo Duarte. That's no mystery. Trump admires strength, despises weakness, and regards all impediments to fulfillment of his desires, including the law, as unjust. He ran his company like they run their countries. What's more, Trump sees his alleged ability to forge a working relationship with the meanest hombres, whether North Korean leader Un or Putin, as the ultimate proof of his own strength. He could do what none of his predecessors could do because he's tougher. 
Uh, Putin is the brightest star in that twinkly constellation. He's the most powerful of them. He runs the biggest country with the biggest military. He has the balls to stand up to the United States, and Trump's respect for cojones greatly exceeds his patriotism. Many of the dictators, like Turkey's uh, Erdogan, are Puritans with modest wives trailing in the background. Putin, however, is said to have dumped his wife for a gymnast 30 years his junior, which is kind of a move Trump respects. Above all, Putin understands, as Trump does, that a strong man shapes his own reality. Many of the American people stubbornly refuse to believe what Donald Trump wants them to believe. He's dogged by fake news. Putin is not. The Kremlin writes the news, and the Russian people absorb it. He's a leader, as Trump told Joe Scarborough. Uh, The only attribute Trump has ever admired is the toughness required to win a fight all his life. He looked up to men who fought and won. That begins with his father, Fred, whom he described to a biographer as a very difficult man who would never let anything go, and whose own highest term of praise was killer. The insignificant role that Trump's mother, Marianne, plays in his own accounts of his life may help explain the radically unbalanced personality. Trump then transfers his affections to Theodore Dobias, a World War II veteran and brutal drill sergeant at the New York Military Academy. As a young businessman, he attached himself to Roy Cohn, the unscrupulous fixer. Trump owns everyone, or thinks he does, save the man stronger than himself. That man is Vladimir Putin, who has risen to the top in a world incomparably more brutal than any Trump himself has known. He has he has taken what he wanted through force and guile. Perhaps Trump really does accept that Putin interfered in the 2016 elections. But what he can't reveal is that he only admires the Russian leader for all the more of his audacity. Trump looks at the leaders of countries he's told are America's allies, and he sees powerful people meekly submitting to rules. Vladimir Putin laughs at rules. How can Trump not respect and envy and defer to this man? Perhaps the word love has no place in Trump's emotional vocabulary, at least for people who have not sprung from his loins. But if he could not love anyone, would it not be Putin? I think that just like nails it. Like to me, that makes so much sense because, and I've seen this in successful men. They really only respect people who are more successful than them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, and especially growing up and building the business in New York, he was always shunned by the New York elite, right? And that was his biggest thing was to get back at him. Yep. So, yep. you know, it, are are Americans to blame for the? Uh, the, the bad relationship with Russia, absolutely. We have an attitude that we want to make every country operate like the United States of America, and we're, we're willing to interfere in your country and your elections and, and in your sphere of influence to make it happen. You know, for instance, we supported in 2014 the maiden uprising in the Ukraine and the overthrow of the Yanukovych government in the hopes of repeating this exercise in Moscow at some point. And this was orchestrated by Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. What? Yeah, it was the second American uh, attempt uh, to install a Ukrainian government hostile to Moscow. Uh, This is from an article called Trump is Right About Who's to Blame for Bad Relations with Russia, which I will put in the show notes with the rest of these. Where's that one from? That is from Asia World. Uh, So, uh, found at antiwar.com today. So... He's right in that we do play uh, a part in our own misery, but he's wrong in just laying down and not not he's not acting in our best interest when he stands up and says, "Don't you know? Hey, 
knock it off. Uh, so I, I think like I look at it and go, this is just Trump. This is what are we what are we freaking out about? Is he a traitor? No, this is just like who you elected. This is who the American people elected. They elected a, a fragile. They elected their their dad's golfing buddy, who's racist <laughs> and drunk all the time and says dumb shit and just wants everything his way and you know smacks around his Asian bride. <laughs> like that's who Trump is. Like that's just how it is. It's, is it right? No, but I argued that from the very beginning, this is not who we should elect this president. This is not who it should be. Yeah, because he's going to completely wreck everything. And here we are. Good. But at the end of the day, <laughs> listen to Slow Burn from Slate, the podcast. He's still nowhere near as bad as Nixon. Yeah. Nixon was so much worse. Andrew Jackson was worse. Like, we've survived worse. Trump is Trump is abiding by legal rulings. Trump is abiding by congressional action. Trump is, you know, Trump is not... He has these tendencies, yes, but the American system is protecting us from Trump. And so we just got to get through it. The American system will survive. If it costs us, uh, you know, our reputation with the world never was lower than it was after Iraq. And then it built back up over time. And so if if internationally we have some issues, it's, it, it'll be fine. It's all going to be fine. Let's stop freaking out. He's not going to cause World War III. Nobody takes this joke seriously. Most importantly, <laughs> Vladimir Putin. Capiche? Capiche. I don't know. Whatever you say, boss. Thanks. When you were saved, Vladimir. So, dear leader, please. Uh, oh, dear leader is what we're going by. So, Donald Trump is apparently ecstatic about it. He's like, his he was beyond happy about his performance that day. He could, he walked off. He was beaming. Everybody was like, he was like, how great was I? I did so well. Then he gets on Air Force One, clicks on the TV, and he sees everybody's heads blowing up. Yeah. So Donald Trump. You know, he he decides to walk it back. This is how Donald Trump walks it back the next day. Let me begin by saying that, uh, once again, the full faith and support for America's intelligence agencies. I have a full faith in our intelligence agencies. Whoops, they just turned off the light. That must be the intelligence agencies. <laughs> the lights, the lights dimmed at that okay. moment. You guys okay? That was strange, but that's okay. So I'll begin by stating that I have full faith and support for America's great intelligence agencies, always had. And I have felt very strongly that while Russia's actions had no impact at all on the outcome of the election, let me be totally clear in saying that and I've said this many times, I accept our intelligence community's conclusion that Russia's meddling in the 2016 election took place. Could be other people also. Uh, there's a lot of people out there. China? Uh, there was no collusion. <laughs> a lot of people have come out strongly on that. I thought that I made myself very clear by having just reviewed the transcript now, I have to say, I came back and I said, what is going on? What's the big deal? Here we go. So I got a transcript. I reviewed it. I actually went out and uh, reviewed a clip of uh, an answer that I, I got I a gave. clip. And I realized that there is a need for some clarification. It should have been obvious. I thought it would be obvious, but I would like to clarify just in case it wasn't. In a key sentence in my remarks, 
I said the word would instead of wouldn't. <laughs> the sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't or why it wouldn't be Russia. So just to repeat it, I said the word would instead of wouldn't. And the sentence should have been, and I thought it would be maybe a little bit unclear on the transcript or unclear on the actual video. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be Russia. Sort of a double negative. So you can put that in, and I think that probably clarifies things pretty good by itself. So that's I have a on numerous break. occasions noted our intelligence findings that Russians attempted to interfere in our elections. Unlike previous administrations, my administration has and will continue to move aggressively to repeal any efforts and repel. We will stop it. We will repel it. Repel. Any efforts to interfere in our elections. We're doing everything in our power to prevent Russian interference in 2018. And we have a lot of power. As you know, President Obama was given uh, information just prior to the election, last election, 2016, and they decided not to do anything about it. The reason they decided that was pretty obvious to all. They thought Hillary Clinton was going to win the election. And they didn't think it was a big deal. When I won the election, they thought it was a very big deal. And all of a sudden, they went into action, but it was a little bit late. So he was given that in sharp contrast to the way it should be. And President Obama, along with Brennan and Clapper and the whole group that you see on television now, probably getting paid a lot of money by your networks, <laughs> they knew about Russia's attempt to interfere in the election in September. And they totally buried it. All right, so here's what he meant to say, okay? I will say this. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be, but I really do want to see the server. <laughs> so I will say this. I don't really... So do you think that Russia had anything to do... Do you think that Russia had anything to do with it? I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be Russia. That makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> he's really, like... he He's just not had a bad few days this bad since Charlottesville. I mean, it's really stunningly bad and it just he's a he's just I have a theory why he's off his game why well you know a secret service agent died right no what happened yeah while he was in uh golfing and where were these yeah scotland scotland yeah scotland. yeah guy had a heart attack uh oh. you remember who also had a heart attack yeah every russian journalist that's died andrew last... breitbart oh, hit him with the old cia gun uh -oh. i tell you what so Trump, he was off his game because you know they tried to hit him. Oh, uh, maybe he is he the food taster? I don't know, but it's a little sketchy. So the deep state's coming after him. I'm telling you what. <laughs> so yeah, I, the, the would or the wouldn't wouldn't make any difference at all. It would make a difference. It wouldn't. See, that's where would or wouldn't wouldn't yeah, make a difference. If I don't know that. why he came out and even said that. Like why apologize or try to clarify it? Right. Um, it's an untrumpian thing to do. So let's see. So they've changed the headline, but this is, you know... Uh, so here's the original headline from the New York Times that I got an alert today. Russia is no longer targeting the U.S., Trump says, contradicting his own intelligence director. Now the headline says, Trump appears to say Russia is no longer targeting U.S. White House says he 
was answering a different question. And so if you, you watch the video, and I've got the audio here, it's at the very end of the cabinet meeting. It's 58 minutes into it at the very end. And uh, you hear th- this is the end of every press conference cabinet meeting thing now is Sarah Huckabee Sanders screaming like a mad woman <laughs> to get everyone out of the boardroom. And and then Donald you know, takes questions. And this is when he gets himself into trouble is when he does stuff like this. And so... You know, he's basically saying, um, you're welcome, you're welcome, no, no, no. Like, basically, like, I'm not answering questions, move along. But this this new tactic, it's not necessarily new, but it's really, like, ratcheted up, thanks to Jim Acosta, of shouting questions at the president at inappropriate times when he's never going to answer. They're doing it more because of things like this, is because it works. So, here we go. This is This is what happened today. Uh, as he walked back, the walk back of his walk back. Uh, long after it's Mike uh, Pence. After we finish our work here, uh, that will pay dividends for prosperity for the American people. I think so, Mike. I do think so. Thank you all very much. Appreciate it. Friends, Thank you. Way out. Is Russia let's Thank go. You right? Get out. Get out. Is Russia still targeting the U.S. President? Thank Press, you. Let's go. Make your way out. No, you don't want to be the case. Let's go. We're finished here. Press. Let's go. All right, so I'm going to play that again so you can hear it. I'm, I talked over it a little bit, uh, but hear, hear, he, hear her ask the question, and he says no. Uh, long after, uh, after we finish our work here, uh, that will pay dividends for prosperity for the American people. I think so, Mike. I do think so. Thank you all very much. Appreciate it. Russia, Thank you. Way out. Is Russia still targeting the U.S. Thank Press, you very let's much. Let's go. Make your way out. No, you don't want that to be the case. Let's go. We're going to Senator Schumer said you would walk back. Press, let's go. Thank you very much, everyone. Make your way out. Can you just we're doing very well. Elevator. We are doing very well, and we're doing oh, shit. very oh, shit. Oh, shit. well, uh, probably as well as anybody has ever done with Russia. And there's been no president ever as tough as I have been on Russia. All you have to do is look at the numbers, look at what we've done, look at sanctions, look at ambassadors uh, not there. Look, unfortunately, at what happened in Syria recently. Uh, and I think President Putin knows that better than anybody, certainly a lot better than the media. He <laughs> understands it, and he's not happy about it. And he shouldn't be happy about it, because there's never been a president as tough on Russia as I have been. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> she, she. It's like she's calling pigs back on the Arkansas <laughs> farm as a kid. Like, so now was he saying no to the question? Like, is there a video of this? Yeah. Or what? All right. So let I don't me, know. Let me show you the video. Okay. Let me see what you guys think because my read on it was, uh, he wasn't exactly saying no to this. But let me see what you guys think of this. Let me hear. Let me play this video here. All right. So let's see. I'm not getting any audio. So this is great. Uh, here we go. Press, let's go. Make your way out. No, you don't want that to be the case. Let's go. We're finished here. Press, still targeting the U.S. Is Russia still targeting the U.S., Mr. President? Press, let's go. Make your way out. No, you don't want that to be the case. Let's go. We're finished here. Press, let's go. Thank you very much, everybody. Make your way out. So I now rewatching it. Looks like he says no to her, but. 
it, it, they're still, blowing that up like it's a big deal. Like he he legitimately made a policy statement, and I totally fell for it. Like I I you know I get the I'm like I read it and then I go read the story and I'm like, what is this madman thinking? Like your four hour your two hour meeting cured all the relations the, the issues, but then you watch the video and you're like. Oh, the story and the headline are completely yeah. different than what the reality of it was. Yeah, that was... You are fake news. Yeah, that was definitely fake news. 100% fake news. So. Oh, man. Do you hear my knees? Yeah. That was cute. You're ricketier than... Uh, uh, Joe Rickenbacker? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we just ran out of steam, like, all... I know. My knees just took the steam out. I didn't know where that was going. Right, I know. <laughs> Well, I need to make chicken because I haven't eaten in several hours, anyways. But so we should probably start wrapping this up. So let's let's give her final thoughts on all this. Uh, let's start with Matt. Well, it's a sideshow, and it's so unfortunate, and right. it's not going to get any better. And um, you know, Trump is here as president because we've got a crappy system now. We've he he knew how to. Whatever his motivation for becoming president, like it happened, right? <laughs> and and his his uh, media savvy and TV savvy and brand savvy took advantage of all the you know the silly weak spots in the system, and and um, and here we are. And, and a weak Congress doesn't stand up to one. A weak like Congress this. doesn't help, and I don't you know I don't see how this gets much better over time, right? Um, so, you know, the, without something very massive or, or game-changing kind of breaking, right? I mean, maybe he'll get a challenge from within the Republican Party in the primary. Um, that could be helpful. But if they right. have if they throw eight people at him, then he'll be last man standing again. Right. You know? And um, so, you know, maybe we'll see some resignations. Maybe that would start to trigger some things and create some opposition. Um, but I can tell you the left is doing absolutely nothing to help themselves in this cause. <laughs> For sure. Because every time they scream, they play right into every narrative that he just takes advantage of. Yep. I mean, I was watching, I was trying to you know, catch up a little bit and um, saw an interview with, um, I was watching, it was like a Sky News British show. And they interviewed some, you know, former FBI, former CIA or whatever, and he lives like overseas now. And, you know, he's he's making decent sense and all this type of stuff. And then he gets to the point where he says basically like Trump's base, he, and he didn't literally say this, but this is exactly how it'll come. Well, let me try to get as close to what he actually said, right? He's like, okay. like Trump's base, they don't get it. Uh, they don't have the same worldview as we do in Washington or London. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand the nuance of all this, basically. Right? right. So, like, if you support Trump, you're stupid. Right. Right? We're all smarter than you. Mm-hmm. And that's going to play, I mean, and that absolute attitude, even, you know, with the best of intentions, is going to play right in. Completely. To every single narrative. And I, I just, I, it, it between that and exam, just watching Facebook, I like, I, I still don't understand how the coasts, more or less, and I'm generalizing here, like, mm-hmm. they don't get it. Yeah. No no one on the coast gets it. Like I worked with lots of people out east and and I, you know, friends on the Facebook. I don't talk politics with them or whatever, but you know, they're all oh, Donald Trump and I understand right. why they would be, right? I don't like Donald Trump either. But like everything they say about it like just plays into like if you support him, you're a dummy and and we're you're not as 
It, they just can't control themselves. They can't. And in, in so many ways, so many of these hyperventilating people are just as irrational and impulsive as Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. And so when people in the middle, people in the rational, reasonable part of the country go, okay, I'm not going to exchange one crazy, irrational person for another. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, even these are. Uh- are more or less rational people that I'm sure. talking about, right? But it's just the 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 worldview is so different, right? And the character caricature of what it is to be a Trump supporter, right? Is it it it's too pervasive, right? right. And and so, uh, you know, are we going to get something even wackier from the Democrats and a popularity contest? I don't know. We should just do it American Idol style or something, <laughs> you know. Well, there. Hillary is apparently laying the groundwork for 2020. Well, she just wants a campaign contribution. She's she's just as in denial as Donald Trump is about half the country not accepting that he's president. The left's absolute madness over the fact that they lost to Donald Trump. This could he couldn't have just won by legal means. He had to have somehow stolen the election. And it's as much of a conspiracy theory as Barack Obama is not a, um, an American. Yeah. He's a Muslim. Like it's just a flat out conspiracy. You could be thing. both, right? Like there are people like you know Jonathan Chait in uh, the New Yorker, or I think it was New York Magazine, wrote you know an eight thousand word piece about how Donald Trump could have colluded with Russia to steal all like. And it just gets to uh, that he was, since 1987, an asset of Russia, yeah. and he's just a, like, the idea that Donald it's Trump, true. yeah, but the, the idea that Donald Trump has somehow some sort of Russian asset being controlled by Vladimir Putin is a conspiracy theory. Yeah. And remember how everybody mocked so many Republicans for so many years about Obama conspiracy theories, and the, right, the right, and the right is just polite, so they don't do it back, and the media doesn't buy into it because they're all leftists. And it's just it's it's a conspiracy theory that Donald Trump is compromat. But you have senators going around saying it, not not to play politics, but because they genuinely believe that. And so it's not going to work. It's not going to. No, end up I don't. I don't. I don't buy that. I don't buy that the senators actually believe that. Right. They they know that that will play into their red. Meat. All right, fair enough. I I think. But anyway, it's uh, it's at least funny. <laughs> it's entertaining as hell. I can tell you that we're having a good time, aren't we? Oh, I'm having a blast. Could you imagine the misery? I don't know if I would want to have more fun or wouldn't want to have more fun. I'm not sure. Does it one. like I, so? I guess I'm at the point where I'm completely nihilistic about politics, and I don't know if it's because I'm an, a libertarian who's been around the libertarians too long. <laughs> Or if <laughs> that'll it, make you nihilistic, <laughs> or if it's because I've just become completely desensitized to all this, like I can't feel anything. Like when Donald Trump stands next to the world's foremost brutal, dic- you know, like a, a the most brutal dictator in North Korea, and then the second, like in in Putin, you just go, yeah, well, that's Donald Trump. Like, what do you expect when you elected him? Like, you expected anything other? Like, I just I can't get on the bus. Of being outraged every three hours. Yes, you yeah. know I was outraged in 2015, and then it wore off, and then it's like yeah. by the grab grab her by the pussy tape. It's just I'm done with the out. Like yeah, once he got elected, it was like all right, well this is what we get. Might as well have fun with it. It'll be a good eight years. I just I can't do good it. Good content. I sure hope it's not eight. Oh, it's gonna. Oh, be. He's, getting be. Re- he's getting he's getting reelected. He's getting reelected at this point. 
because just because there's so, because people like me who have been staunchly <laughs> anti-Trump look at this and go, "All right, you're so." If I'm going to have irrational and crazy, I'd rather have an irrational, crazy person who's going to give me Gorsuch and less, oh, yeah, yeah, and tax no, I, cuts. I, I get that. Than Kamala Harris, who's going to be irrational and build this massive government. I th- and I think this is a center right country. Yeah. Still, so he's getting reelected at this point if the Democrats keep doing what they're doing. If it's Joe Biden, even though he's 83, I think Biden has a chance at him. I do too. I think he's the only one. He's not he, left enough. He eats yeah, can he get through a primary? No. So, but you're going to have those You might have enough progressives splitting the vote. Exactly right. Just like we had enough establishmenties yep. splitting the vote vote to let uh, Trump through. I don't know. I I think it still remains to be seen whether someone in the Republican party will they'll be able to consolidate around a single opponent because I think he could be taken down in the primary. I don't. I, It'd be tough. I, I I'm think, not saying I wouldn't, I wouldn't put better than 50% at it right now, yeah. but I think, I think we have more likelihood of that happening than we've had against any incumbent president in recent memory. But he would have, the, whoever would come out would have to, I mean, Trump would eviscerate him before they even got to that point. Trump fights so dirty and Repu- Republicans can't do it the way that Trump does it. It's not a fair fight, and so it just wouldn't. It just wouldn't like because the backlash from their own constituents, they they couldn't. It's like yeah, when, I don't know Ru- what the right profile would be. Right? <laughs> right, like Rubio folded in a heartbeat. Yeah, you know the second he tried to do Trump, <laughs> two was, days later he was apologizing with weeping. Yeah, in the but corner. he shouldn't have tried to do Trump because he, he you know uh, that's the he thing. Somebody, somebody's just got to come at it with. Grace and um, lack of preachiness. Lack, like, yes. Also yes. with lack of preachiness. Like Jeff Flake gets so old. Like I can't hear Jeff Flake and John McCain anymore. Like we get it. You're yeah. better than Donald Trump. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'm, again, I'm not putting it better than fifty percent at this point. But yeah. boy, I'd like to see it. I can't. It makes wait. for fun politics to yeah, watch, I, though. Dude, it, it, Greg said it all the time. Can you imagine how boring this show would be if Hillary Clinton were president? How boring, how miserable we'd be every single episode. Like, well, we're against this. <laughs> so I just, I'd be like a, an anarcho capitalist show. I'm uh, down with the state. Well, at least it should start getting interesting uh, in January, right? Yeah, no, I mean... The, Maybe even December? Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders all are gearing up their... And Joe Biden are all gearing up their runs. Hillary Clinton is, yeah. is floating the idea that she'd run again. Uh, you know, And that's just a, the starter pack. There's going to be five to ten other people who are going to take a run at it. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm talking official, like, it's on right, type yeah. of stuff, right? Buckle yeah. up, baby. We'll, get, we'll start time. getting uh, debates, like, what, about a, less than a year from now? Should be in 2019. Mm-hmm. Well, the elections. T- well, yeah. Primary debate. Summer. Yeah, that'd be next I, summer. That, yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Oh. Dust your, dust your campaign uh, <laughs> microphone off. Well, we gained five thousand downloads an episode over the because of that. Yeah, election. you got the Tad Western bump. That's right. So <laughs> if we can if we can quadruple our audience again in 2020, I'm all for it. So oh, I can't wait. Heck yeah. No, it'll be, um, it's, it's a, you know, we'll watch the circus. Tad Western, final thoughts? 
I think this is all going to blow over. I mean, I don't think it's a good look right now for Trump, obviously. But I think the whole idea in his mind is that he wants to get along with Russia and North Korea right. because they are nuclear power. Well, I mean, North Korea technically isn't. But to get along would probably be a pretty good pretty good thing. And in my mind, it, it would be. I, I mean, just kind of yeah, normalize things. I mean, obviously, they're, they are... Pretty much a elected dic- dictatorship, but I, I like that he's willing to talk to people that the traditional foreign policy establishment has not been willing to talk to in a constructive way. I agree, and I think that he is. There's a lot of risk to it, but at the end of the day, he's willing to sit down and have a conversation with these people in in a non structured way that is probably more productive than whatever way Hillary Clinton would have approached. Well, there would have been like. Four weeks of pre-negotiations, and you're allowed to say these sentences right. and not well, those. Yeah, I mean, and I even and even if it just gets us to on the same page in Syria, I mean right. that I mean that right there is worth it. New, new, a new nuclear treaty. Trump floated that he was ready to sign a deal with Putin, uh, abolishing you know or reducing nuclear weapons. Which I read an article yesterday about how Trump was trying to. I mean, he was working on the Palestine and Israel con conflict back in like 1987 he was he said that would be the greatest deal of all time right which i mean good luck but no at at least he doesn't want he sees obviously peacetime to be better for Mm -hmm. business i mean yeah business standpoint yeah he's dropping bombs just you know at the same rate that his predecessors were but he is at least uh Maybe he'll make peace cool again in in certain quadrants of the Republican Party. Well, I, d- I, don't, I don't think you want a crazy Trump going all balls of the wall warlike. I oh, mean, I don't. I think you think the, you think uh, you Nixon think Madman card. Yeah, yeah, you think Trump right now is bad. I mean, oh, could you imagine if we were at war or God forbid that something broke out? Well, uh, uh, I'll I'll piggyback off of that. If you're if you've got anything else, go ahead. Oh, uh, anything else going on? I, I think it. I think this will blow over. I I think Trump will find his new something next week will happen. I mean, we Hell got Supreme. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we. I mean, the Supreme Supreme Court's going to be Starts voting next week. I yeah. Think. I mean, and so that'll take the news cycle for a while. So I will. My final thought is basically calm down. Like because you know, at the end of the day, Trump has put sanctions on Russia. He has taken steps to protect the electorate from Russian interference. He's increased uh, his administration, has done a lot of things that are anti-Russia. And so the system is working in in a lot of ways. He's respecting the system in a lot of ways. He just says things. You can't listen to the words that Donald Trump says. It is the actions of the administration that count. And the administration actions don't get covered like the words because the words are fun to debate and argue and they get clicks and they make people like me click on push notifications and that's what they that's what the new york times sells but the reality is that things are much less heated than you think they are if you pay attention if you just do some you know spend two hours a weekend reading if you go to the source and the substance and just kind of look at that make your make your own opinion because like i i never heard the the uh what pe- I had never read the articles about what people were saying about it or the headlines. I don't right. read the damn news. I'll just go watch the full video on right. YouTube, and I'm like, what the hell is everybody freaking out about this yeah. shit for? So it, it, did, he, did he do the right thing? Absolutely not. 
Did I did I ever expect Donald Trump would do the right thing? Absolutely not. So I'm not surprised. My expectations are <laughs> failure with Donald Trump, and I got exactly what I, I, I expected. But when he lands the win, right? Then it's good. <laughs> Listen, when he does something good for liberty, I'm all for it. But you know, in this in this case, I think in terms of liberty, it's neutral because he's not. He didn't sign anything. There was nothing that is the force of uh, international law. He he talked with Putin about a lot of really good things. The thing that people are freaked out about is appearances and you know strategy and the words that were said it's like not you know i know everybody says oh it's words are so important in diplomacy and with not the, as much and with I, the banner of the whole russian collusion thing hanging over it it's just right. another takes it to another level right like oh donald Tr- vladimir putin walked away the winner of this summit it's like this is not the fucking super bowl there is no winner or loser it's like that's where donald trump in some respects has a much more mature approach towards these summits than the media and even somewhat the political the the foreign policy establishment like the council on foreign relations he's like yeah i'm gonna go feel the guy out i'm gonna go have a conversation with him i'm gonna go see what he's like he sees it as a business lunch. right whereas the media is going yeah. who won it's like we there is no winner or loser this is just an evolving discussion about a bunch of a variety of issues so it's just not as uh, deep or as scary as the media makes it out to be. And you just got to, you know, you, ironically, to uh, break that, you've got to read more of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you've got to read into it. And yeah. then the yeah. real winner of the summit was Barron because he got that he sweet got soccer, soccer ball. ball. But it's That's bugged, right? right? I, I would imagine. <laughs> Laced funny. with arsenic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wash your hands, Melania, after you touch that. <laughs> Trust me, Melania ain't touching no balls in the White House. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of We Are Libertarians. Thanks to our $100 a month subscribers in Jason Doolittle, Christy Avery, Craig DaCosta, and Brandon Luke. Love you guys. Love all of our patrons. You guys make all of this possible, and uh, we appreciate it so much. Uh, I have a tentative, I tentatively have another episode scheduled for tomorrow, so you're getting four this week because you will get none next week when I am in podcast movement. Um, that's a big podcasting convention, so I'm, I'm filling you up on this week when I've got uh, the vacation time. So <clears throat> hopefully my voice will, will last. <laughs> um, but uh, if, uh, if I don't see you tomorrow, if for some reason the interview falls flat, uh, we're doing a From the Swamp episode, and Rob has a very... Uh, crazy schedule. So if if he falls through, then I will see you in a couple weeks. If not, I will see you tomorrow. Uh, Love you guys long time. And please, (laughs) any comments, send them to editor at We Are Libertarians. And until then, uh, Tad, I'm going to let you do the sign-off. So I don't know. I don't have a sign-off anymore, but uh, Mm. I'm going to let you close the show because I I have the biggest broadcaster in all of Turkey on the show, and I'd be remiss if I didn't let you close this episode. Well, remember, everybody at home, to keep them holstered unless you're ready for a shootout. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Are Libertarians. I'm amazed you made it to the very end, and I appreciate that. And that means that you were a true fan of We Are Libertarians, and any true fan of We Are Libertarians should listen to our other podcasts. We have a whole network of shows. We have The Chris Spangle Show, where I talk about many of my varied interests that aren't political, a lot of podcasting talk. If you're interested in getting involved in podcasting, The Brian Nichols Show. Brian talks to a lot of different folks from the left, the right, the center, libertarian movement. If you love We Are Libertarians, you will love The Brian Nichols Show. The Boss Hog of Liberty. The Boss Hog 
has basically created a media empire in his small town and has taken over along with his co-host Dakota Davis. I think it's really interesting to see how they've built a media network, and I encourage you to do the same. Upward Political Training, it's a podcast where I've put a lot of training for libertarians on how to spread the message. The Cost, this is a podcast where we break down the human costs of government policy, so be sure to check that out. Raw Audio Politics, where basically I take unedited speeches and interviews and stuff that I want to listen to, and I put it in a podcast feed for you. Miranda's World, Miranda is one of the craziest human beings in a good way that I've ever met. She's so entertaining and so much fun, and I think you will love that. And who could not listen to Tad Talk? Tad Western brings you the rootness tootness good time this side of the Mississippi. So be sure to check that out. He's one of the funniest human beings that I know. And if you are chubby and you need to get in shape, then you can't outrun the fork with Brett Bittner, where he talks about keto. Yes, I gave Brett Bittner a show. And you can check out a bunch of other podcasts at libertarianpodcasts.com. I have put together all of my favorite libertarian podcasts up there at libertarianpodcast.com, including our friends Lions of Liberty, The Lava Flow, The Johnny Rocket Launchpad, uh, The Scott Horton Show is one that I definitely think you should be listening to. So go check that out. Lots of great libertarian podcasts out there. You may not know where to start. Start there. And we've also got a comprehensive list of all the libertarian podcasts I can find. Thank you for listening. And if you love We Are Libertarians, please check out all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.